Welcome back to Living a Whole Christian Life. This is Dr. Jim Schrader. Hope everybody's been having a great week to this point. So we're going to continue to talk about our series on chores, challenge, and change, which is really what makes up so much of our life. And today we're going to talk much more about the idea of chores, about work just in general. And so I want to go back just to tell a little bit of story um, from my youth. I'm the um, oldest of four children, and I was born in Indianapolis, grew up though on the most for most of my life, from the age of two on, on the west side of Evansville. And when we moved back home where my dad was from, we moved into kind of a lot. It was probably about a half acre, quarter or three quarters of an acre of lot that abutted up to next to woods. And I remember from the earliest of ages that my least favorite chore ever, and I think many of you can identify with this listening out there, were pulling weeds. So if you, if you looked at our yard, we had kind of like a three-level yard. And at the time, when I've gone back as a, someone older in the last few years, it seems much smaller. But when I look back, you know, younger, it seemed like a huge yard, and it seemed like the garden was massive. And it was kind of like I said, a three-level garden, all sorts of vegetables that we grew. We had the horseradish that you couldn't kill. We had everything. But one of the time-honored traditions, one of the chores that, again, I hated the most was pulling weeds. And, you know, it started pretty early on from the planting stage. And then as, as the plants hopefully grew, the weeds, of course, took off with everything else there. And I just, when I think back to the days of pulling weeds, one word comes to mind, which was relentless. It seems like that no matter how hard we tried, the weeds always kept coming. And, you know, in many ways, we worked so hard to grow what we wanted and we worked equally as hard to prevent what we didn't want, which, of course, was all the types of weeds that that we came there. So as we kind of frame this, you know, this discussion today, I think about that idea of pulling weeds because so often it seems like that in life, what we want the most, for example, maybe our kids just to listen to what we're saying and comply with our requests, or maybe it's our job just to go well or, or to find joy in what we're doing. Or very often it's just to find meaning in our relationships or for them to be satisfying and so on. Whatever we want the most, though, it takes so much effort, right? If we're really honest, I mean, very few things in life that are important, that are good, don't take a lot of effort. And sometimes even that effort seemingly is in vain, or if it isn't in vain, it certainly doesn't go as we desire. But on the flip side, what we don't want, like the weeds, right, seems to sometimes come so easy. It may be the extra weight that you put on over the holidays, or maybe just increased tension with the people you love the most. Or maybe it's just anxiety or stress that we all feel in our normal lives. But it's so interesting to me that what we want the most seems to take the most effort and is rarely guaranteed that it's going to happen the way that we want it to happen. And what we want the least, you know, like those weeds, is what often seems like it happens no matter what we do, right? And so this is kind of the challenge, I think, of life and of work. And there's no doubt that God designed this world to operate uh, based on work. I mean, there's no way of getting around. And certainly our ancestors knew that to survive at all, work was just kind of a constant state of presence. And I think that, you know, as, as we've gotten further along and technologically, we've had a lot of conveniences, which are really great in many ways. But it kind of pulls us away of thinking and recognizing that literally, you know, our early ancestors every single day was work to live, right? Or live to work either way. But in general, there's no doubt that, again, our life is ordained by work. I'm not a big fan of Freud in a lot of ways, but he was right when he said that there's really two things about life that most matter to us. It's love and work. And so here we are think, talking today about 
our chores, our work, and we wonder, is there more to work than just the chore itself? So a few years ago, one of my most beloved people passed away. It was my grandpa Schrader, and I was really fortunate, not only as the oldest of four kids in my family, but also the oldest of all my cousins, that I really had a great relationship with my grandfather. You know, I remember early days of taking the beagles, and we would go and and run the dogs, and um, invariably, it was always Jack who was (laughs) never cooperative, and Jill who always came back, and yes, those were the names of the beagles. And there there, there were times we went fishing, and We did all sorts of things, but I heard a lot of stories about his life, and I I certainly got to know him really, really well before he passed away a few years ago and and loved him very much. And one of the things I feel like he taught me so much about life in general is that really there were two things that most kind of resonated when I thought of my grandpa, and I thought of the life that he had and the life, the way he grew up. And the first was that life is fun. He really found ways to make even a difficult life fun. You know, again, it wasn't just his leisure time, whether it was fishing or hunting or whatever else, but he really loved the gatherings. He loved people getting together. There was a huge tradition every Memorial Day weekend for about 30 years on the banks of the lake at Lincoln State Park. And my grandpa loved that. You know, he had so much fun with people and he had so much fun with just the leisure and the outdoors. But the second lesson he really taught me was that life is hard. And I think that's where we come back to here that that hard piece You know, he worked for, I think it was almost 40, actually it was 43 years for a plastics company. And most of his life was spent on the assembly line until the last couple of years. And so life was really hard. I mean, when they grew up and my dad was growing up, they really did live paycheck to paycheck. They they had to wait for that paycheck to clear, to often head to Jerry's market on Friday to get their food. And they had what they needed, but there was a lot of work to be had. And my grandma, for about 30 years or so, she watched kids, she babysat kids. And I love my grandma so much because she found such great joy in that. She loved seeing those little kids grow. And to this day, I will hear from who are now parents, those kids now grown up and having kids themselves, and they'll describe my grandma and how much they loved her and um, as she babysat them day after day. But life is fun. Life is hard. And I think it's so important for us to seek out in healthy ways the former, that being the fun but also accepting the latter, right? And I, you know, I felt this even today sitting down at this podcast. I'll be honest, it was, it was a busy Sunday, way busier than I wanted it to be. And we're doing a lot of painting out back and just a lot of yard work and a lot of things going on. And I kind of sat down feeling a little tired today, uh, feeling kind of just like, wow, a little bit more worn on the weekend than I wanted to be. But as I'm sitting here talking to you and thinking about this, you know, I do recognize that just the fact that I'm able to work, although it doesn't often feel like this, is a blessing in and of itself. I, I recognize that all the movement today, you know, there was some fun movement early on. Actually, my my son Noah is a funny story. Speaking of work, we were out on the river this morning kayaking. And for about the first two-thirds of the kayak, it was really pleasant. We were going down river, downwind, into Pigeon Creek. And uh, we came back up the creek and all was good. And then we turned the corner and we hit the river. And we knew we were coming up river. Uh, what we didn't realize is we were coming up to a really stiff wind that had actually picked up the hour that we had gone the other way. And so it was about 20 miles an hour and we're going up the river and I'm looking back and I'm thinking, oh gosh, this was supposed to be a fun experience for your son and it's a lot more work. And um, I was really fortunate and blessed. Noah had such a great attitude, but I could see the strain on his face. He later told me it was all worth it. And I think he might've been saying the half just so I wouldn't feel bad, but even what sometimes is supposed to be fun can turn out to be work. 
So here's the thing. And it's interesting about this morning as I think about this, because sometimes the fun is like a Dairy Queen blizzard. It's easy to see and identify. We have no question that it feels good. It tastes good. It is good. But sometimes the fun, well, and actually maybe the adventure or maybe the work doesn't really necessarily look or feel like fun at all, right? But if God ordains this world, I really believe this, if God ordains this world, that work is a significant part of it. And and from the beginning of our human times till now, I, I don't think that we've gotten away from that. So it sure seems to be the case. If we're ordained to work, then I really think that it's, it behooves us to consider how do we find, again, that deeper sense of joy or satisfaction, even in the difficulties of work, even in the trials? Maybe, and maybe we don't, are going to feel it from day to day, but maybe in the long term, as we look back at our life, we look back at even the week, we look back at the year, you know, there is a sense of kind of, again, good pride that we see in the work that we've done. For those who, who know me well at work, they will, speaking of work, I guess, they will often laugh at me because every Friday... Um, there's something a little bit nostalgic, even through a really challenging, um, unpredictable week. But every Friday morning, I feel a little bit nostalgic that we've gotten through another week. You can look back and say that even if it hasn't been the best week, it has been a week of work there. And there's there's a sense that in order for us to carry on um, in this this labor of love that we hope it is, in some ways, you know, since it's unavoidable and necessary for us to survive and for us to thrive to work. The question is, how do we go about finding this meaning? And I certainly don't have any profound answers today, but I think that as I'm sitting here talking with you, it is a question that we all have to ask ourselves. Where do we find the meaning for the labor that we do? So it's interesting as we think, I I think back to that three decades ago, that experience with the weeds in the garden. And it was interesting about a couple of years ago, after I joke what was the bane of my wife's existence, there was this huge tangled viney, brusque, woven biomass um, that was kind of outside our back porch. And uh, it, it was pretty bad. It was just a lot of like just overgrowth and even small trees and lots of things that had kind of just woven together into this brutal, um, again, biomass that, you know, I, my wife and, and myself would look out and think, at some point, I'm going to have to take this on. At some point, I'm going to have to take this on. So probably a little over three decades after I was done, weeding my own garden back as a little kid, I finally, one April, decided that it was time to take this on. And it was the kind of the area, even in a till, you couldn't get a till through. It was so thick and so nasty, full of not just vines and roots and trees, but also poison ivy, poison oak, anything else you could make it to seem as bad as it could. And I'm trying not to overblow it, but it was, it was a good time. And so I decided that April, a couple of years ago, it was time to take this on. And so initially, here I am in the midst, and basically the only thing I'd do was take a long spade and carve off the edge slowly, slowly, hours at a time. And over the course of what was a number of days, um, a number of mornings, and probably end up being, you know, anywhere from 20 plus hours or so, I'm gradually finding myself working through this. And initially, I'll admit that again, I feel I was almost like that little kid back in the garden pulling weeds thinking, this is just miserable. Like, what are we doing here? There's got to be a better way to spend this time. But over time, I was in the midst of reading a story that I'm going to tell you next week on the podcast. It's the story of Annapurna. And if you don't know this story, actually, it's the most read mountaineering story of all time. Incredible story of uh, these French climbers in the 1950s. And again, I'll tell the story more in full next week. 
But as I'm as I'm working through my own challenge, of course, in a very different way, I gradually found myself, it's almost as like I was climbing my mountain, right? Climbing my mountain in my backyard by myself, no fanfare, nothing at all. Nobody really cared. I think sometimes even my kids, my kids felt sorry for me at times, but um, they were in and out of that whole mess too. And so, but slowly, slowly, as I was nearing the end, I gradually had this sense of, of deeper satisfaction. I hope that, I know that all of you probably have felt this at different times, but it was like on the surface, it seemed like the most miserable thing I could be doing, but there was a part of me that increasingly found myself drawn to the task simply to submit myself to the process of work. And so finally, after what seemed like an eternity, of course, it was an eternity, but it was a few weeks. It was early one Saturday morning in late April. I reached my own summit. Again, no fanfare, no flags at the top of the mountain. Nobody probably really cared. It was my summit for all the ages. Actually, it was my summit for my age, right? But at the end of the day, I, I cleared it out and I vowed that it would never come back, that whatever I had to do, <laughs> I would keep I would keep it tamed. And and I can I can happily say that two years later, we've expanded some of the plants and the azaleas and the hostas, and it's it's looking much better. Even after it became a, a potato yard for a couple of years, um, fortunately the potatoes love the the shade and the acidic soil. But you know, as we think about this today and we think about the idea of work. We're not going to get away from it. And you know what? I think those who probably can't work at all due to a disability or due to other conditions often find themselves, you know, feeling that they wish they could work. Now, again, it's it's kind of a strange paradox because when you're working, a lot of times you think, oh, but if I can just take a break and get away from it. But how many of you listening many times when you're away from work feel a little bit strange, right? And I'm not talking about necessarily just being on a vacation, but even on a vacation, you feel like you should be doing something. There's something really deeply wired within us. There's something really built by God's design that we desire to be industrious people, right? And we desire to do something that matters and meaningful. And I have to tell you, as as we kind of close out this podcast today, I was inspired, this was probably 10 or 15 years ago, I was inspired by the story of someone who used to work a toll booth on a highway. And this person had been working, I think, if I remember correctly, for 30 or 40 years in what probably seems like to most of us the most monotonous job you could ever imagine, especially considering this person worked largely by himself. And yet, as I was reading the story one day in the newspaper, I was so inspired by the fact this toll booth operator, again, for decades, had found ways to find great meaning in the work that he was doing. And some of the meaning came by the people he repeatedly saw throughout the week, you know, in the years, and almost came to know them as they came through the toll booth there. Other times there was just meaning and kind of coming to know the seasons and recognizing that, you know, as things evolved, another season had passed and there was much still changing and yet much remained the same. But the article reminded, and and really the story reminded me that no matter what work we are doing, If you find meaning in the work you're doing and you recognize how it's part of a greater fabric of our community and of our world, and that every job, and I think it's amazing, by the way, that we have people to fill every job on the planet. Every job, no matter what you and I are working at, has a place and a purpose, right? And a deeper meaning to our life here on earth. And so that's where we're going to go as we continue this idea is that you know what? Even when we feel run down, we feel burnt out, 
sometimes it is the job. Sometimes it is the stress of the job that, you know, I certainly, I think can be so difficult, but sometimes it's just maybe the lack of finding particular meaning or novelty. And if anything, you know, inspired by that toll booth operator, each day we can ask ourselves, am I going in search of possibilities? Am I going in search of my own summit? The lives of, you know, men, there are many Annapurnas. There are many Annapurnas in the lives of all of us, right? And that was a famous quote from the book itself. So wherever you're working at today or not working, whatever career you find yourself called to, even if you're in the middle of careers, whatever it is, living a whole Christian life has as much to do with the meaning we find in our work than the work itself in general. It's great being with you every week, and I really appreciate the work today that we're doing together to make this world a better place. It's Jim Schrader. Be holy. Be whole.